0: Hey, Dean. Hey, Wags. What you doing? I'm ready to drink. All right. on Barney's Legends podcast, we've got a uh, former professional bartender here. Wags, what are you thinking? Uh, I think today we should bake a Bernie Blast.
1: And of course, we're going to be using Leap Spirits vodka. And uh, then let's just go ahead and get started here, Dave, shall we? So yes. let's do it. First of all, what we're going to do is we're going to put one and a half ounces of OJ in the bottom of an empty glass.
0: So this is like a health drink, then? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now we're going to just cover that with ice.
1: And then, now, we're going to move over to the side, and uh, if we could come in here and take a close look, uh, we're going to pour in uh, ingredients successively in separate mixing glass. We've got our vodka. Your choice of blue Caraco. Blue Caraco? Absolutely. Do they have green and gold Caraco, do you know? Uh, I, I, I don't think it would be necessary for green and gold. Um, As much as I love where your head's at, Dane, it's blue. And then we're going to put in some ginger ale, four and a half ounces of lemonade. All right, and now we're ready to mix. So if you have a mixer, we can just pour ahead. This is an old bartender trick when you're at your tailgate. Just pour it back and forth. We've got our main drink glass with the OJ. We're ready to go.
0: I'll tell you what, I'm excited to drink some of the Sleep Spirit Vodka. Whatever it's in, it's going to be really good. I know that. All right. And finally, we are going
1: to garnish with a lemon twist.
0: There's okay. the gold portion of our green I like it. There you go, Dan. Thanks, Mike. Let me have a sip. It's delicious smooth Leap spirits vodka terrific
1: thank you eggs absolutely cheers go back out I know we gonna go hard. we been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show sure with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport, and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will say.
0: Wags, I think so we're welcome to Lombardi's Legends podcast. Wags is on mute. He was starting it off, so I'm kicking it off tonight. Uh Dane here with Wags. We're super excited. Uh this is an all defense podcast tonight. We're recording on Thursday, January 26th for those of you that are listening, downloading. Wags, how are you doing tonight, man?
1: Dane, I'm doing good. Uh I got to tell you after seeing our Leap Spirits uh, advertisement in our intro there Uh we're talking defense I think uh, it probably would have been smart to have a drink prepared Uh I was looking at the defense uh after this season uh, no in all seriousness though I'm excited to talk about this because uh we spent our last episode we were going to do the whole team all the position groups and we spent so much time on the offense that we got to wait and hold it for this portion, I think that will do better justice uh to be able to really dive into the defense position group performance and predicting some of the personnel changes that we might see here in this offseason. Mm-hmm. Um so Dane, anything that you want to hit on before we dive in here?
0: No, I mean this is a team, this is a defensive unit that I think um largely underperformed from what our expectations were at the beginning of the season. Um, and certainly I think the expectations in 1265, Right, I think that this was a a defense that, uh, coach Barry, the defensive coordinator, um, talked about and used terms like special. Um, and you know, that didn't always look that way. Uh, it was an up and down unit throughout the season collectively. I think that there were some really good bright spots. I think there were some really good, um, surprise performers uh some guys that maybe wish they could have had some snaps back so it was kind of an up and down unit across the board so wags i'm excited to get into it and talk about these position groups because i think still even after this year kind of mid-pack defense i think that this is a defensive unit that can build and grow and this truly could become a strength of this this team going into 2023 and beyond
1: yeah, I you know, just to be clear, my snarkiness aside, this wasn't an awful defense. It wasn't the defense we were expecting, yeah. but it was not an awful defense. Uh, they certainly had their moments. I, I think one of the things that is going to be interesting is how do they build and kind of, I think, get back to the trajectory that we thought that they were on mm-hmm. coming into this past season? Because there's going to be some changes made. Um, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But also, I think it's not just, oh, let's get incrementally better. We're going to make changes, and we expect this next season the same high expectations, in my mind. I, I know we don't know what those changes exactly will be yet as we're recording this here in late January. Um, however, um, in my mind, this team is going to need to have uh, a defense that's solidly top 10 and has potential to get in the top five in the league um, with all the talent that we have on this roster, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I think you can make some excuses, I guess if you want to, I, I I'm not really buying it. Um Rashawn Gary getting hurt was a significant, significant loss. Um, Honestly, uh Eric Stokes getting hurt probably wasn't quite as high of an impact. He wasn't having uh quite as good of a, a year or two as I think most fans were hoping. However, that's still an a starting cornerback that's on the outside. Um I, I think it's gonna be interesting to see um, what happens. It's a long way off, but Rasul Douglas looked a lot more comfortable on the outside. Uh, so how does that play in personnel-wise with Eric Stokes? Presumably, he'll be going through his rehab and, and may be ready to go for the beginning of the season, considering how early in the year he had his injury. So uh there's some questions, no doubt, when you look at some of the personnel, uh, but there's still a pretty young defense, and as I think it's, to me, Dane, going to be more tinkering and, you know, resetting for a, a big step up to what our expectations were uh, this past season going into next year.
0: Yeah, um, I, I think you're I think you're absolutely right. And and maybe, Wags, it's important to start up front and, and maybe start. And as we as we look at, at these different units, let's talk about the defensive line. Um, this is a, a unit that we saw some some change in. As the year progressed, I think we saw some growth for some young guys. But um, maybe we start where we should, which is Kenny Clark, uh, right up the middle, our our big name guy, highest paid guy on the defensive line for the Packers. And somebody that, uh, with his own admission, said that, you know, he needs to be more consistent um, going into next season. And I would agree. Uh, He's still young, man. It's pretty incredible. Kenny Clark, I feel like, has been on the Packers forever. Uh, He's still just 27 years old. Um, So from a defensive line perspective, that's relatively young for a defensive lineman. Um, But, you know, I think that uh, games where he had big games and was impactful, the defense looked impactful. And I think that some of the games where um, he was down a little bit were the games where the defense looked down a little bit. And really, it does kind of come and go with Kenny Clark to a large degree because he's a guy – um, that can really stop the run. Who can get after the quarterback from different position groups? And I thought, as the year progressed, and um, once Dean Lowry went down with an injury. Kenny Clark moving to the outside we saw that that uh, extra gear and a different dynamic and something that I know you've been calling on for a lot of last season was we were hoping to see Kenny Clark and maybe some different alignments and when they got him out there late in the year I thought he was really really good particularly against the Minnesota Vikings so um, I think it starts where Kenny Clark is but um, there's a lot to be excited about but there's also some veteran guys that are up as free agents Jaron Reed and Dean Lowry. Um, so Wags there's a, a lot of dynamics going on with this defensive line, um, but where do you see this Packers team looking to improve? Do you see them retaining any free agents? Just how does this group look from this year going into next season from your perspective?
1: Yeah, I think from a performance standpoint, before I answer the question, just to to weigh in my two cents, uh, the defensive line needs to be better. Uh, we've got plenty of talent outside of Kenny Clark. Um, Devontae Wyatt, finally got a few more snaps later in the season after Dean Lowry went down. Uh, I think it's pretty clear to me, Dean Lowry, I was surprised he hung on this roster as long as he did uh, for what he was getting paid. I thought he was a prime cut candidate for the last two seasons. They never restructured his contract. I uh, was one of the few guys that uh, was eligible to have his contract restructured. They never touched it, and they kept him on the roster for two seasons. Two years ago, he had one of his best seasons as a Packer. This past season, we were saying all year, he just seemed invisible out there uh, oh. for most games. I I really... I can't think of more than maybe one or two, if I can even do that, uh, impact moments that Dean Lowry had this past season. So, uh, first of all, I think he's gone. Um, he, he was a solid Packer for, for, he had a, a good run, uh, honestly. Uh, but we need to get younger and uh, we need to make some room for some of this talent to, to be able to step in. So um, I don't know how early they're going to invest in defensive line in the draft, but they'll definitely expend a pick uh or two at some point along the way. And in, in the draft, um, the question Dane is if they make any moves in free agency, they bought in Jaron Reed on a very reasonable veteran contract. And I think for what we paid him, honestly, he may have been one of the few guys on the defensive line that outperformed expectations. Um, so, I don't know if he's the guy that you want to bring back. I think it's very circumstantial, Uh but I wouldn't mind if, if Jaron Reed is back on a, on a, another one year or, you know, a one year plus one type deal. Um, I think he earned it and uh, I, you know I'm not inside the locker room inside that position group in those meeting rooms so I'm not sure how he mixes uh, with some of the younger guys but if he's been a positive influence with that group uh, maybe that's one guy you do bring back uh, if you can work out a reasonable contract um that being said i, I if it's not him um then i, I think you're going to still be looking on the margins i don't expect the packers to invest heavily in the defensive line considering Kenny Clark is one of the top paid defensive linemen in the league. Uh, So this is going to be probably more of a tinkering. And and to me, Dane, um, I think we're going to have to see improvement from TJ Slayton and Devontae Wyatt making some big moves in the offseason. I think we saw some real moments in the limited number of snaps that they were able to get. I think you and I both thought both of those guys should have been out there more and earlier this season. Uh, but if those two guys can uh, make some big moves in, dev- in their development, uh, that's going to be where the most improvement from this group is going to come from. It's from within. Uh, we already know what Kenny Clark can do, but, uh, and he needs to your point be a little bit more consistent. But I think if you can give him some bona fide talent consistently around him, that allows them to be able to move Kenny Clark around, uh, a la and Aaron Donald where you can just wreak havoc wherever they can create mismatches, uh, on the opposing offensive line. So, um, so that's kind of where I'd like to, to see is this isn't going to be a big, target, I think, of of offseason uh, acquisitions. Uh, but um, Devontae Wyatt, I think, maybe was a little underweight as well. So I think I'd like to see him put on a little bit of weight this offseason um, for, for the frame that he has. I think he can carry a little bit more weight, uh, and that would make him potentially a little bit more impactful at the point of attack as well.
0: I like that. I, I, I do. And um... You know, if, if you tell me going into next season, because the Packers do seem to have a history of adding kind of a, a veteran defensive lineman, um, you know, at some point in the offseason, they've seemed to do that kind of thing. If if you told me that going into this this offseason or into, I guess, next season, uh, we're starting because the Packers oftentimes are playing two down linemen. That's what they like to do. And then they rotate through it. But if we have TJ Slayton kind of eating up the middle and then we have Kenny Clark and Devontae Wyatt, um, and then maybe a Jaron Reed, Jonathan Ford's going to be coming back. He's a guy who basically for all, um, for for all facts and figures, is basically a redshirt season for Jonathan Ford uh, on the D line, and then if they bring in uh, maybe another veteran guy uh, to take that Dean Lowry role, but at less snaps because I think T.J. Slayton, Devontae Wyatt have earned the right to kind of get more snaps up there, and then maybe mix in a draft pick here or there, and then Chris Slayton's going to try to battle for a back end spot off the practice squad. I'm good with that, Wags. Um, I, I think that they mix and match a lot of things, and in a lot of respects. Um, Dean Lowry, I hate to pile on the guy, but I think he kind of held back the growth of this defensive line this year. And it's not his fault. He had a job to do. They put him in, he played football. Um, but I think the coaching staff needs to take a long, hard look and determine that maybe it's time to grow. And we saw it late in the year. I mean, that Vikings game wags was a revelation to me. Um, we, we, you and I have been singing TJ's, uh, Slayton's praises for the last couple of years. Devontae Wyatt, seems to flash every time he has an opportunity out there on the field. Um, it was kind of a time to let the young guys play a little bit. And when they were given that uh, extended opportunity, I thought they played consistently well. Um, so that's what I would really like to see going into this year is let the young guys go and, and see what they can do. TJ Slayton can really eat up a lot of blockers and has been really good against the run. They don't play him an awful lot. Um, if he gets more uh, run, maybe not in passing downs, but in these rundowns, these known uh, rundowns, and kind of those um, second and longs. I think that he can be extremely productive for this defense and get some uh, offenses into some long passing plays on third down. Uh, But they just have to rely on these guys and and give them the keys to the car. We saw it late in the year. We saw success out of it. I'd really like to see that in 2023.
1: Yeah, um, I completely agree with that. And it's going to be – I think the defensive line gets – the lion's share of the criticism when it comes to being able to stop the run. But the fact is that the guys behind him are also going to need to do a better job of filling gaps and tackling. Uh, We have not been a good tackling team. Uh, We made some strides, in, in some inspired strides late in the season, but this isn't one of those situations where you can just flick a light switch and all of a sudden just be a good tackling team. That's a mentality. That's effort. That's, that's form. It's, it's all of the things. It's an attitude, uh, to me. And, and that was what was missing at times. Um, you know, when we're talking about the rush defense, uh, so it's not just incumbent on the defensive line. Uh, Dean Lowry, I, I gave him some criticism. I didn't think he was very good at getting off blocks. Um, and, uh, unfortunately, you know, that makes the job of, of filling those gaps a little bit more challenging, to be fair. Um, so uh, the D line does need to make some plays. They're not just there to eat space. Uh, but, um, certainly, uh, we're going to need to get some better support, uh, from the guys behind them in order to improve, uh, on our rush defense. Uh, it's been a long standing thing. And you know what? It's a three, four defense you know, you got to take the good with the bad to some extent. I don't think this is ever going to be uh, a scheme that's going to be a top, you know, uh, rush defense in the league. But can we get to middle of the pack, please, Um, and, and force teams to try to throw the ball against a, what I think is a very talented secondary group. So, uh, D- Dane, speaking of a secondary, let's kind of jump around a little bit, talked a little bit uh, about that at the top, uh, just touching on it. Um, Let's go to that cornerback group. Um, And we can include cornerbacks and safeties in this. I know technically two different position groups, but uh, I'd like to talk about uh, both of these groups because, um, you know, from a talent standpoint, we came into the season again, similar. uh, I know coach Barry called defensive line special. We thought this was going to be a top two or three, uh, secondary in the league, statistically, they actually were pretty solid. I think better than what you might expect, uh, from watching it with our yeah. eyes. Uh, they're the eighth rated pass defense in the league, uh, which is a little bit surprising. I realize, um, I, I think one of the things that, uh, we need to give credit where credit is due is they were actually pretty good on third down. They made a lot of strides. They were in top, top 10 in the league in third down. So that helped with their pass defense uh, overall rating quite a bit, because that's going to be a big third, third down is going to be obviously a big passing down the majority of the time, depending on what the down and distance is. Um, and so as much criticism as some of those soft, soft zone coverages have gotten at times, they also led to a lot of success at times. And it's easy to remember the bad plays and not the successful ones. Um, but, um, I, I'd like your overall thoughts on this secondary group, because I think from a coverage standpoint, they were pretty good. They weren't quite as good as I was hoping for. Um, Jair, you know, Turn it on a little bit, second yeah. half of the season. Looked a little rusty, uh, at times. Maybe his head wasn't quite mentally, uh, ready if, if that's a fair criticism at uh, times early in the season. Um, Razul Douglas, I thought was a little bit out of position in the slot. Um, but, you know, when things settled in, this secondary was, was good. Not quite, again, not quite as good as what we hoped or expected. Uh, but, um, I, I think, uh, from, from a coverage standpoint, they were pretty good. It's the tackling that it has always been a conundrum or a puzzle. Um, so, but that being said, um, Dane, I could keep talking about this. I want to turn it over to you. What are your overall thoughts uh, on this secondary group as a whole?
0: Well, I, I mean, Jair made me eat my words. The last, you know, stretch of the season, you somebody that I was extremely frustrated with, uh, particularly after that Bears game, um, gave up some big plays uh, to guys that I just think were inferior uh, to to his talent level. But even prior to that, but as the season continued to progress, I was really excited to see, um, you know, him kind of um, come back to to kind of the the. Um, Heights that we had expected, um, him to, to, to be at uh, when they signed him to this big contract. So I, I, you know, I don't really have as many concerns about J.R. Alexander, uh, going forward. Um, I think that, um, Eric Stokes, uh, prior to the injury is probably the biggest concern and, and a concern that I have going into next season as well, just because he took a pretty, significant step back this season in his sophomore year after rookie year where he played really, really good football wags. Um, I was reading, I'm going to give credit to uh, the Sports Illustrated on this one. Um, he allowed, Eric Stokes allowed 21 of 25 completions um, of all corners with at least 250 snaps. The catch rate was the worst in the league. Uh, that's not getting it done. Um, and I'm not sure what happened there, but he he just, he didn't look like the same player in year two. Uh, now he's got this injury uh, in addition to a, probably a pretty long off season where, you know, mentally he's probably pretty frustrated with how that year went. It's just not what we had anticipated going into the year. Um, So I'll be curious to see how the Packers manage that because as you alluded to, Razul Douglas, I think was largely out of place last season, but uh, I'll tell you what, he's, he's quickly becoming one of my favorite guys on this defense because he's somebody that just, he does his job. He works hard. He's got a short memory. Um, he's got incredible instincts. You see him hop routes. Uh, He does that about as good as anybody I I can recall uh, doing it. Uh, He's maybe not as great of an athlete as a Jair Alexander, but what he lacks maybe, and not lacks in athleticism, he's an exceedingly athletic guy, but, you know, he's maybe not that premier corner athleticism, but he's just a smart, crafty defender. uh, And I really enjoy watching him play the game. So, um, you know, getting him back on the boundary was something that was, I think... uh, a huge benefit to what he was able to do for this team. So I'll be curious to see how they manage him next year because he's, he's too good to not be on the field. Obviously the Packers believe in him, uh, but is he really a slot guy? Um, there are a lot of guys in this league, I think would make excuses about why things didn't go right. And, and uh, I think at times Rizul could have easily been one of those guys. Hey, I'm out of position. This isn't where I ball, you know, all that. He didn't do any of that. He every week, he just, he just stuck it out. And Wags, he also played, um, on the core special teams unit. So he's just a team guy. Really like what Rizul did. I think he added another nine tackles on special teams. So he's a guy that you really like to see play ball. So, um, as I'm circling it, maybe, uh, this was overall, uh, defensive backs and corners that maybe underperform slightly. Uh, but really it's going to come down to Eric Stokes, I think, and how he bounces back going into year three. Because as we go down further in the list, Kayshawn. Nixon not only was he a very very good return man, not not very good. He was phenomenal. He was a you know all pro return man. But uh, when he was called upon, particularly early in the year, that Tampa Bay game played really good um, defense, played really well. I think at the cornerback slot late in the season, they called on Ennis Gaines to get in there and play some of that dime stuff as well. Thought he um, really um, settled in in the opportunities he was given. So this is a cornerback room that I'm still really high on, and I think that this is something they can build on, especially um, when Joe Barry kind of, you know, we talk about the defensive line getting the keys to the car. Barry also gave Rizul Douglas and Jair Alexander the keys to the car late in the year. And I keep going back to that Minnesota Vikings game because Justin Jefferson having an unbelievable year and, and Barry, I think to a large degree, um, put his faith in some of these talented guys more than he had all year long, and we were awarded and rewarded for that and Jair alexander, with some help, was able to play some really good football against one of the best receivers in the league so uh, a lot of reason to be optimistic I think about this defensive back group going into this year and i do I do not see wholesale changes at the cornerback room at all i In fact, I think we might see kind of the the same group, especially that top three going into this season
1: yeah. Dan, would you be shocked to hear that I've been putting my mad scientist cap on and been thinking about a solution to uh, what we could do to get guys in the right position?
0: Well, well, what what do you think? Please, I want to hear what the scientist has to say.
1: Well, first of all, uh, we haven't talked about our safeties yet, but let's kind of uh, segue into that because this goes into my, my, yeah. my thought process. And uh, you can call me crazy, but... Razul Douglas, to me, as you said, I think he's a really good boundary cornerback in this league, but his best attribute is the instincts that he plays with. He gets his hands on the football, so not only does he break um and, and have quickness breaking to the ball, he, he gets lots of deflections, Uh so there are a number of passes that would be completions, but Razul Douglas is getting his hand on football and causing an incompletion. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had a couple uh, deflections that resulted in interceptions. Um, So uh, that's his number one attribute in my mind. We've got a a, a, a guy that uh, you and I, and I think a lot of other Packer fans were down on, but I'll give a ton of credit moving over to the safeties and Darnell Savage that. underperformed significantly this season and for whatever reason just didn't look comfortable, um, in what he was being asked to do, uh, is not, uh, doesn't seem to be, uh, you know, comfortable in, in playing deep coverage. Um, he seems to be a guy that's more comfortable around the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, certainly isn't a, a bad cover guy, not a top cover guy. I think, uh, with his speed, uh, having him close to the line of scrimmage, uh, to be able to, uh, assist in the run, even though he's not the best tackler. Um, if he's not out in space, <laughs> I think he can be physical, uh, if he's kind of in the mix of things. Um, so, and then we've got Eric Stokes. I don't see he as a slot corner either. So, um, why don't we stop overthinking this and with a full off season, could we think about putting Rasdul Douglas at safety, Darnell Savage in the slot, and then we've got with Eric Stokes coming back, he and Jair on the boundaries? Um, we've got Kayshawn Nixon, which I ex-fully expect will be back in the Packers. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only, uh, uh, obviously for his kick return duties. That's the main thing. Uh, but I thought he played pretty solid out there, uh, when he had opportunities, uh, mm-hmm. to play some defensive snaps. Um, and then a- as you said, um, you know, certainly, um, uh, we, we've got, uh, Ruby Ford. I don't know what we'll do with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Adrian Amos is another question mark, but here's the reality, Dane. Um, you know, we've got a talented group of guys and we need to make sure that we can maximize. And what I'm afraid is going to happen is if we keep Darnold Savage at safety, that's an asset that's going to get cut loose. And honestly, uh, I'm just looking, putting my crystal ball, looking ahead at camp and he's a prime cut candidate. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't show significant improvement uh going into camp next season, uh, but I think the guy has shown something, especially in his first two years in the league. Uh, and, and it's really hard for me to just cast that aside, honestly. Um, maybe this is a move that I'm suggesting that wouldn't work out. Um, but we did hear from coach Barry that he thought that he could be a really good slot cornerback in this league. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to make that change in the middle of the season is a pretty tall, Task and they did get him out there a little bit more. Um, And he had some ups and downs, but what I wanted to give him credit is certainly he came back from getting benched. He got hurt, you know, and then he had to kind of work his way back. Uh, But I thought that he showed me something, particularly from a mental standpoint and and a grittiness standpoint, to go out there and steadily earn back trust and playing time uh, over the course of the last few games of the season. So that's another reason that I I don't want to give up on the guy. We've seen guys that are in that situation, chips are down, and they kind of just... You know, look like, I don't want to say they don't care. Um, I didn't see that from Darnell Savage. No, I saw a right. guy, I saw a guy that was out there fighting for his NFL, uh, career, his job and taking pride in trying to get better every week. So, um, so for me, I want to put the guy in the best position to potentially be successful because he still has the raw talent. Um, and a little bit of a track record in his first couple of years in the league, I would argue to be an asset on the defense that we were expecting him to be
0: yeah so and he you know so and you're spot on i mean we've seen uh, unfortunately over the seasons a number of packers uh defensive backs <laughs> that have seemed to check out um and not on the current roster but there have been times in in uh previous iterations of the packers defense where we've seen uh, DBs that maybe just don't work out for a number of reasons. One of them was traded to the Cleveland Browns. I'm not going to mention who it is. Um, but, you know, we, we've seen that kind of thing happen before. Um, Weg, so Darnell Savage, I think it's a really good point. He didn't fold up shop. He wants to stick. And you can tell that he's got a lot of pride in what he's doing. Um, what do you read into some of his quotes late in the year uh, talking about he changed his mindset and he was trying to do too much? and instead he was going to kind of let the game come to him a little bit more and lo and behold he said that and the next week i think he had that uh uh, that defensive touchdown, right? So we we saw him kind of get in the mix. I mean, I, I think that oftentimes uh, Packers fans, sometimes myself included, think about the physical aspects of the game, but we forget that they're humans. They're in, there's a major mental aspect to this game as well, not just knowing what you're supposed to do, but the mindset you have, pressing too much. What does that mean for um, you know, where you're at, what you're trying to do? So what do you make of that? Because maybe he is, uh, t- to your point, what you're alluding to, um, maybe he is just a, a nickelback uh, for this defense. And maybe that's a place he can truly stand out and make an impact. Well, you know, you don't have to
1: process quite as much when you can play close to line of script. not saying that they don't still have a job or that if they make a mistake, it can't have a negative impact uh, on the defense for that particular play or a series or whatever. But uh, when you're playing safety, that's an additional responsibility. You're not only responsible for what you're doing, but you're responsible basically for the nine or 10 guys that are in front of you um, mm-hmm. and covering up anything that any mistakes that they might be making. And so if, I'm not saying Darnold Savage can't handle that responsibility or he's not up to, uh, you know, the ability to mentally process that. Uh, but those are his own words that he may have been overthinking things. So why not let a guy like that with his speed and his reaction uh, play closer to Linus scrimmage and rely more, not solely, but more on his football instincts um, and see if he can be more disruptive? Uh, there in, in that position of the field. Um, it may not work. I get it. Um, uh, mm. this is just thinking outside the box, um, uh, trying to figure out where we can get guys in the best position. Um, and I, I will acknowledge too that I think Razul Douglas is a heck of a boundary cornerback. So what you might be saying, why would we bother, you know, fixing what isn't broken? Well, you know, I guess it depends on where you view Eric Starks Stokes picking, uh, fitting in because He's a guy that we've got a lot of hopes for, too, yeah. slightly down season or not. Um, I think we, we've we got to realize that uh, there's multiple moving parts here. And uh, what I don't want to have happen is, you know, we lose our chance to be able to maximize uh, what could be an asset uh, because uh, we can't afford to be casting guys aside that could potentially help this defense improve.
0: And what, yeah, and you talk a lot about Savage, but thinking about Razul Douglas, I mean, he is a guy who just has incredible football instincts. Uh, and as you explain that, I mean, he does seem like a kind of guy um, that he's smart, right? He's not going to be out of position. He just, I trust Razul Douglas to be in the right spot where he's supposed to be. And, um, you know, maybe doesn't have that top, top, top line speed that that some corners have, but man, does he have some good makeup speed? Does he? He's not afraid to hit guys. And he's somebody that'll break on the ball. Sounds like a pretty damn good safety to me. Um, I just, I have a lot of trust in Razul Douglas. So it wouldn't be the end of the world to me, especially as you mentioned with a a full off season, let him get comfortable in that role. If he's open to it, uh, it could be a way to extend his time in Green Bay even further past the current contract.
1: Yeah. Dane, let me ask one more question and then we should probably take a quick break. Yeah. Um, Adrian Amos, what, what's your assessment on his performance and kind of where do you think he fits into future plans for this
0: Packers secondary? Well, it depends. Yeah, it depends on what they do with the safety position if they do make a move with Rizul, Um, or, or Darnell Savage playing that nickelback. I really think that. Um, I, I'm not a capologist by any stretch, but I've read that um, Packers could save money keeping him around um, one way or another as opposed to just cutting him loose. Um, I will say that I thought this was a a significantly worse season than he's had. He's been really good for the Packers. I think he's been worth every dime uh, that the Packers paid him when he came over from Chicago. He really stabilized a safety position that was in massive flux uh, a number of years ago. And a big reason why the Packers went to some NFC championship games because Adrian Amos was really good at getting guys in the right position. This year we saw a lot of communication breakdown. I'm not putting that all on Adrian Amos's feet at all because I don't think that's uh, a fair uh, to do. But I will say, and it's hard, right? It's hard sometimes to determine if the safety missed uh, missed the guy, what exactly was going on in the back end with the missed assignments. But I will say that I thought Amos was about a step. Uh, slow on a couple of plays that in previous seasons, we would expect to see him either over the top or cleaning it up. Now he did have a lot of tackles this year, but um, the past breakups weren't quite there. It just didn't feel like a, a strong Adrian Amos season to me, watching him, watching the tape, going back and watching stuff this off season. So um, all of that's to say, if, if, um, if the Packers are making a lot of shifts around the defense, I wouldn't be surprised to see Adrian Amos back if for no other reason that he is very comfortable there. And I think that he can be a really good mentor on the field for guys. He's a good dude. Um, but I could also see the Packers getting younger, uh, at that back end safety and maybe investing in an early draft pick at the safety spot to help kind of, um, you know, uh, bring a little bit of youth to the back end. So uh, hard to say, but I will say that I think Adrian Amos had a down year and, um, generally speaking, um, If I had a gut feeling, I don't think he's going to be back in Green Bay. That's just my initial take.
1: Interesting. Uh, One thing that I would note is that uh, the Packers can't save any money against the cap by cutting him prior to June 1st. So if they're going to cut him, it mostly be a post-June 1st cut. Um, I guess it really depends on what you feel his performance level is and what you could expect from him performance-wise. He is only 29, Um, and I get it. You know, you're knocking on 30, but for a safety, uh, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, he's uh, $8 I against the cap next year. That's that's really not that bad if you consider him still to be a solid starting safety option in this league. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and disagree with you. I think they're going to uh, keep Adrian Amos probably for just one more season. Um but I do expect them to probably invest in the future of this position in the upcoming draft. Um it, it, you know, maybe a, a, a day two type pick uh mm-hmm. at safety uh just to supplement uh because regardless of what happens with uh, uh, Darnell Savage, if you bring Adrian Amos back for a year, you've got a young guy uh, that's maybe in the wings. I think it really makes sense that, that would bridge uh, or cover you uh, for moving forward. And and then next offseason, I think uh certainly uh, Adrian Amos will be a free agent. At that point, he'll be 30 years old, and you can make a decision maybe based on performance level that he gives you next season. But there's no clear way to me to improve this position group by letting Adrian Amos walk, or or I guess not walk, but cutting him post June first. I, I, Unless there's some other reason or some other pathway being able to invest in this position group, where clearly they're going to be comfortable going into next season, um, I, I which I don't think they would be, uh, even if you take a high draft pick, mm-hmm. um, because uh, you know uh, you're not sure what you're going to get from Darnell Savage. Uh, so it, it would be too many unknowns to me. Despite a slight drop off, which I agree with you on in Adrian Amos's performance, um, I'd rather. Go with what you know, then have a complete unknown back there or sure. a complete inexperience going well, into next season.
0: And you could do a lot worse than Adrian Amos, right? I mean, a, a, as Packer fans that have seen some terrible safety play over the years, Adrian Amos is top tier compared to that. And even even in a down year, he's better than a lot of years of Green Bay Packers uh, safety play.
1: Yep, for sure. All right, well, Dan, let's uh, take a break here from our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games. And only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5, get $200 in free bets instantly.
0: Legs, I'm asked about this, you know, uh, I already have an account, I, I, you know, what do I do? Well, folks, if you're not a new customer, you can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Just take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. And there are so many ga- like, um, this is going to be fun this weekend, Yeah, uh, You know, you got the Patrick Mahomes. Uh, on one leg, uh, playing against, uh, uh, Joe Burrow, right? And I think that that's going to be a really fun matchup. You got the Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers, uh, playing as well. Some interesting quarterback play. I know you mentioned Wags. Brock Purdy could be maybe the, uh, the sneaky pick, um, theoretically this week if we're, if strokes are throwing bets down. Um, so, Just look out, folks, because it's going to be a really fun week. There's a lot of good pros. There's a lot of good ways to do this. So um, I'll tell you what, uh, as a Packer fan, I don't really have a rooting interest in who wins any of these football games. But with DraftKings Sportsbook app, you know what I do? I can throw a bet down and make these games that much more interesting and have a little bit more vested interest. That's right. So download
1: DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on conference camp chips and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, all right, Dean. So I want to, um, segue back to the defensive position group. So I think that covers the secondary, uh, for the most part, unless you had any other thoughts. Uh, but, um, another group that we definitely need to talk about here is the linebackers. So let's start with the outside linebackers. And, and as we discussed, uh, certainly huge impact of losing Rashawn Gary, um, in, in about the middle of the season uh, with the ACL injury. Uh, but, um, you know, it's hard to color a, a, a grade, if you will. I'm not, we're not getting grades tonight, but um, this was not, unfortunately, a defense that was able to get a lot of sacks this year. Now, they were able to get a reasonable pressure rate on the quarterback. Um, all things considered, um, I think uh, Preston Smith played really, really well this season. Um, I think he gets overshadowed at times, but some of the things that he does well, uh, we've highlighted it, Week to week, when he's had some of those standout performances, he earned several of our defensive player of the week honors, uh, because he goes out there and even when the defense struggles at times, Preston Smith goes out there and he does his job. Um, so we need 11 Preston Smiths on this defense in my mind in terms of how they go about doing business. Um, and at times we've had that and at times we haven't, uh, but, um, uh, so, uh, Preston, I can't be more impressed. Uh, you know, I know a couple of seasons ago, he got kind of in the doghouse, benched a little bit. Um, uh, Rashawn started over him, uh, when we still had, uh, Zedaria Smith, uh, playing and healthy. Um, I, I think a couple of weeks in, in the middle of the season, like a few years ago. Uh, but, here we are, Preston is the guy that just keeps doing business and is the leader on this uh outside linebacker group. Um, not a high sack guy, uh, but uh, I think he overall had a, a really productive season. Um, and then J.J. Anagbari, the rookie out of South Carolina. Yeah. Um, again, the numbers don't pop out when you're talking like pure impact plays, sacks, tackles for loss, et cetera. Uh, but, Dane, you and I, I think both, uh, our eyes are telling us that he is close. As, yes. For a rookie got, that got thrust into, I think, a lot more game action than what we were expecting this season. Um, I thought he played really well, and you've got to have a lot of optimism if he can continue to develop and continue to make improvements heading into his second season with Rashawn coming back and I think uh, probably a couple more moves uh with this group. Uh This could go from – a so so uh, injury related so so uh, to a, a real net positive uh, that can make a force on this defense next season.
0: Yeah. I mean, the Rashawn Gary injury is like a knife in the kidneys, right? I mean, it, it's that was brutal because um, he was playing at such a high level. Um, he's just, um, I was actually watching some video of Rashawn today, Wags, and um, I'll tell you what, I, it, I said it out loud to myself. I was like, just disruptive. He's a disruptive force. He's a guy, he's got that engine, he keeps going. So losing that, not only, I think, the production on the field, but somebody with that kind of motor that just keeps after it and has a tenacity like that, um, just, it hurts a team. It, you don't get better when you lose a guy like Rashawn Gary. Um, but I'll tell you what, um, Preston Smith is just a pro's pro. Um, he's a guy who goes out, does his job every week. And when he and Rashawn Gary are out on the field at the same time, it's really awesome because I think they complement each other extremely well on how they play the game. Uh, I think that they feed off each other. They play off each other really well. So, um, I'm really eager and optimistic about that going into next season. And then you said it, JJ and Igbari, to be, to be good in this league consistently, I think you need to have at least three good edge rushers that can get off it and get after the quarterback because you're rotating guys in and out and on, you know, obvious pass downs, maybe you get one of their hands in the dirt and you get everybody out there. Um, I think the Packers have that um, right now in in these three, I think Enigbari and we're going to see because Enigbari, I'm not sure when Rashawn's going to come back. Uh, But there's a possibility, you know, I don't want to project, but maybe he doesn't play, you know, early in the season as he's getting back to full strength. And then Ibarra gets an extended look early. Um, But I really like what J.J. was able to do early in the year. And you have these kind of three guys, a three headed monster as the year progresses. And going into 2023, I think the future is really bright because Rashawn Gary prior to injury, he had already taken that step the year before. And then last season was on the precipice, I think, of being a household name. Obviously, Packer fans he is, but I'm saying nationally, he's that guy. He's going to take that next step. And I think that it's just a delay uh, of the inevitable. I think that this season, that's going to happen for Rashawn. Preston Smith continues to be just like, Mr. Professional, and then JJ and Igbari uh, going into year two. um, You know some of these mid to late round draft picks, and JJ and Igbari, I believe, was a fifth round pick for the Packers. They come into the league with maybe a move or a move and a half, (laughs) and then you know after a year or two learning from some really good vets, they kind of add to their arsenal a little bit, and that's what I'm expecting JJ and Igbari to do uh, going into year two. Is he's surrounded by Rashan? He's surrounded by Preston Smith, Wags. If you're open to getting better, and I know J.J. Enigbari is, he's coachable young man, he's going to be learning more tricks of the trade from two really, really talented guys uh, in this outside linebacker group. And that's what I'm so excited about Enigbari. We know now he has the physical tools, to play at the NFL level and play at a very good level. I think that adding a tool or two to the arsenal and learning from two great pass rushers like Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary, he could bring it up another level. And just that alone, getting Rashawn healthy, JJ Anikbari in year two, and Preston Smith continuing the course that he's playing at right now, that elevates this defense to another level that we didn't have at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, if you look at it, uh, Igbari only started seven games. And he had four quarterback hurries and five quarterback knockdowns, um, projected over a full 17-game season. Obviously, Rashawn Gary would have blown everyone away in those statistics, but he would have actually been ahead of Preston Smith uh, as a pass rusher. Uh, So, you know, that's kind of an exciting prospect because I think – you know, ideally, what you, I think, get with this position group is additional development. Uh, I, folks, Rashawn Gary Berry played his first year and, you know, didn't play like nearly as much as he's been playing the last couple of years in the year two either. So, um, I think we forget that. And this is a fifth round pick. I think, um, ideally what we get, obviously we need Rashawn back fully healthy as you said may not necessarily be ready to go right for the beginning of the season but I wouldn't be surprised Rashawn's such a hard worker he's a such freak, a freak yeah. athlete um, I'm not going to sell him short I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if he's ready to go but uh, that being said I think this is another position group where you really need to bridge an early draft pick because um, as good as Preston Smith's been I don't know if the future uh with the team i'm talking not next year but two years down the road is necessarily going to have that same role or if he'll even be with the packers um, it'll depend on kind of where he's at from a health standpoint and a productivity standpoint but i think we want to be a year early and this is i think a, a prime position group where we could invest day one. So I wouldn't be shocked um, if our first draft pick in the first round uh, goes to the uh, edge linebacker. It really depends on who's there. Obviously we could go a number of different directions Uh, but I expect the Packers to invest in the draft in this group try to bring in, uh, another young talent or two, uh, to really try to, uh, buffer against what could be, uh, a guy in Rashawn Gary working his way back in. And then, uh, Bari, who we really like, obviously, uh, maybe taking on some additional responsibilities, um, Best case, then you have another young talent in the wings that can slowly work his way in and be able to hopefully give you some positive contributions um, and uh, keep these guys fresh over the course of a seventeen-game season.
0: Yeah, I mean, and this is a position group too, right? That teams that nowadays in the twenty-first century they invest in every year. Uh, this is just a it's it's too important of a position on the defense. Uh, to to not be able – it's such a passing league. you got to have guys that can hit the quarterback. Um, so I think the Packers have some, but you can never have enough. I mean, I always look back to that New York Giants team from a number of years ago where they just had a murderer's row of pass rushers. And, um, you know, you, anybody can look really smart as a defensive coordinator when you have a bunch of dudes uh, just, t- you know, getting after the quarterback, snap after snap. Um, and that's where the depth comes into play. The Packers added Justin Hollins. Um, Late in the year, I thought that he was actually a sneaky good addition from the Rams. He had a really nice second half of the year when he came to Green Bay. Uh, He'll be a really inexpensive, I think, potential re-signing if the Packers want to add another veteran just to kind of somebody that's proven has a bit of a track record in the league. Um, uh, Ladarius Hamilton, the Packers brought back on the practice squad, somebody that, um, I really love, somebody that, you know, I know you and I really like since he came over from the Bucks practice squad a couple seasons ago now. Um, and, and so I think there's gonna be a lot of competition. The other guy that ha- we haven't mentioned yet is Jonathan Garvin, and, um, he's somebody that, you know, as Tipa Nalehi, uh was let go last year off of the injured reserve, um, I was a little surprised Jonathan Garvin lasted the entire season, if I'm going to be completely blunt with everybody right now. Um, he's somebody that was a healthy scratch some weeks, uh, had a lot of difficulties against the run, and just didn't really have the production. I think that we saw a couple of years ago uh, the potential, and, and I think he's really leveled off unfortunately, over the last couple of seasons. And I, I'd be shocked to see Jonathan Garvin back in Green Bay um, for another season.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, nothing against the guy, but no. uh, you talk about Holla, this 27 years old. He's been around for a bit. And uh, that's just, he's a pure effort guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put LeJarius Hamilton in the same boat, uh, Tepa Nilei in the same boat. Um, just haven't seen that from Jonathan Garvin. Uh, maybe that's a little bit harsh, but, you know, edge pass rusher, Um, he's supposed to be kind of uh, that freak athlete in zero sacks this season. He had opportunities. He was out there. Um, So, you know, he just, another guy uh, to a lesser degree because he didn't play nearly as many snaps as Dean Lowry. But honestly, he was kind of a ghost when he was out there. Just never really noticed him out on the field. Wasn't making a positive impact. I was surprised he made the 53-man roster this season. Um, We had some high hopes for him as a developmental guy uh, when they kept him around as a seventh-round rook. Um, spider, but it just d- hasn't panned out. Um, so I, I think they're gonna we're bringing in some new guys and um, I don't think Jonathan Garvin is probably going to be in the future plans of, of this Packer defense. Uh, maybe he's in camp, uh, but I will be really, really surprised barring a significant out of nowhere improvement where all of a sudden things just click for him. Uh, if he's going to be part of this uh, position group next season.
0: Yeah. And you know, I, I would agree. And, and, and uh, I'll extend a little bit. Cause I just love this position group. I love the outside linebacker group and. Pass- house rushers in general. Um, <laughs> You know, free agency, I think fans always go, well, what about free agency? And the reality is, is it's such a premier position that very rarely are um, guys on the street that are going to be impact, impact guys. You might be able to find a guy who can pitch in, but um, oftentimes you're going to find guys through the draft, I think, if you're looking for kind of that consistent starter. <laughs> um, so, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, as you said, Wags, uh, Packers invest early in a in a spot Rashawn Gary uh, gets back. Um, to healthy Preston Smith, JJ Nigbari, and then maybe they bring back Collins and Ladarius Hamilton and they're battling it out maybe for to round out the roster because the Packers seem to like to carry five. So I could, I could see that. And if that's the way that this thing shakes out, I'll be very, very excited because I think that this is a position group, um, that is very, very good and I think could get better, especially once Rashawn is back to full strength.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think. Going then to our middle linebacker group. Yeah. Um, this was a, a interesting group, I think, to assess. Uh, Devondre Campbell got the big contract in the offseason. Uh, you know, like Devondre a lot, just didn't quite perform to the level he did the previous year. And uh, more almost tackles, to, tackles this year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was sure. had a six, almost six, uh, well, just along with everybody on the defense, he had almost a 6% missed tackle rate, which is not going to get it done uh, for a middle linebacker backer uh, honestly he's got to be better uh, and um so i am not sure what the answer is for devandre um you know he did have to be fair uh, some injuries that he played through at times um so i think that may have had some impact i, I do realize that he was really gritting it out um it, some of those injuries happened pretty early in the season uh, so i think that certainly would be fair to say had an impact on his level of play uh, but the fact is, uh, you know, he just has to be better, particularly uh, in tackling and against the run. Um, he didn't quite seem to, seem to have uh, the level of burst where he was really hitting holes and um, and, and uh, making some of those tackles for losses that he did two years ago. Really, it was Quay Walker uh, that I think was the more explosive uh, of the two um, in terms of his ability to fill gaps, make be disruptive. Um, and make some impact plays, so um I know Devondre had obviously a big interception against the dolphins yeah. late in the season. um I think he's a professional. I expect him if he can get his body healthy, um have a nice off season and get back next year, be comfortable playing against a talented guy in Quay Walker, and hopefully have a little bit more consistency in the d line in front of him. Uh, I think he could be due for a big Bounce back season. Um, and then Quay Walker, um, uh, you know, certainly as a rookie, uh, you've got to give the guy a lot of credit. Um, I, I think he played for the most part really well, especially for a rookie. Um, I think he found his comfort level. I think the coaches really figured it out how to utilize and use his talents more and more yes. over the course of the season. Uh, they bought him more on pressures. He had the most pressures of quarterback of anyone that wasn't lined up in the line of scrimmage uh, on this Packer defense. So, um, And that was with probably not necessarily utilizing him in that fashion early in the year. So I think that's an exciting prospect. I thought he was pretty good in pass coverage, especially for a rookie. Um, I think, you know, overall, when you put him next to a guy like Devondre Campbell, uh, there, you've got to figure that the future is pretty bright, um uh, for, for with these two guys at leading the way at that position group. Um, you know, the ability to cover, uh, the entire field, sideline to sideline. Um, and certainly with Quay, uh, he's got some emotional maturity, uh, to to, to grow on. Um, Obviously he's got to be aware of that. So I don't know if we've got a sports psychiatrist that we can have working with Quay. And I'm, 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 I'm not completely joking. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm not trying to like get on the guy, but he's got to grow up in a hurry because what, what he, he did to get ejected out of uh, two games really hurt his team and let down his teammates. I know he knows that. I think he was sincere in how he apologized. Uh, but he's got to be able to figure out really quickly how to control his emotions um, while still playing at a high level out there on the football field.
0: Yeah, I said it uh, the, the night of the, the uh, uh, Lions game on social media. You know, this could go two ways um, during the ejection. And, you know, this could be a major teachable moment for him, though. Um, and that's, that's, I think that this is a team and, and, you know, fan base. I think we're going to rally around the young man. I I love Quay Walker. I think that he's going to be a phenomenal Packer, uh, long-term for this team. I think that it's going to be a teachable and a learnable moment. Some of the, uh, some of the, uh, issues that, that he had and getting removed from games this year. I really, truly do. I think that there's enough leaders on this defense to put their arms around him too and, and get him, you know, in the right frame of mind and the right mode going forward. I love the passion from the kid. It's just misguided at times. Right. And that's something that, and I'm not excusing it. Right. I don't think anybody's excusing it. It's just, um, it's a matter of, are are we going to learn or is this going to just be how it is? And I think that this is a great chance for this young guy to learn. Um, and I think that if he's able to, to funnel some of that, uh, into the playing in his ability. He's such a talented guy. He's such a talented guy. He's going to be an absolute beast for this defense.
1: Well, and his just natural ability to poke the ball loose, Um, whether that's forcing fumbles, um, whether that's deflections, uh, you know, that's, That's a playmaker right there. And um, so he's an athlete. Obviously, you can just look at him. Um, You know, he he has the ability to cover. And uh, this might surprise folks. I said he was pretty good against the pass. And I know this is maybe sure picking a little bit but he actually had the lowest um pass rating against when targeted of any starting defensive player ahead of Jair Alexander wow. and uh Razul Douglas I uh, didn't so know that. Yeah. that that yeah that's sort of perhaps Perhaps, you know, considering they've got different responsibilities, that's not a totally fair, uh, statistic to compare, uh, between the two. I, I, I will acknowledge that. Um, uh, but the dude for a rookie coming in, uh, was just able to make plays. Um, mm. and, uh, that's something that you need, uh, in a defense. Uh, I, quite honestly, he reminds me a lot of clay matthews uh in that regard um they're two different players they play two different positions i completely understand them but um for those of you that remember clay i mean the dude just had a knack for making impact plays and i think uh i i really feel quay walker has a little bit of that knack as well so that's that's super exciting i'm i i'm uh, filled with a lot of optimism for this middle linebacker group. I think Chris Barnes, um, he had a really injury impacted and riddled year as well. But, um, for a backup, um, I think, uh, he certainly, he's got a lot of playing experience, um, and, uh, uh, can contribute special team wise. So I think you can do a lot worse. Uh, for a backup middle linebacker. Um, uh, so to me, uh, and then McDuffie, mm-hmm. um, you know, a young guy, I thought he filled in admirably, um, in some difficult situations when he was called upon as well, uh, with Campbell, uh, getting some injuries. So, um, and, and certainly when Barnes was out. So I think those four guys, um, honestly, I'd be happy rolling it back. Let's me see too. what level of improvement we can get internally from that group as well. Hopefully get healthy in the case of Campbell. Um and um, I think this is a group that could could be a really really positive uh, on the defense going into next year.
0: Wags and and I know Chris Barnes is a a free agent. Um, just got to give the guy a little bit of love here. He was an undrafted kid from uh, what UCLA, came in, um, caught. Ghost of practice squad gets called up before the first game of the season and never gave up that spot and he's just somebody that I have a lot of respect for uh, because he's somebody that, you know, quote-unquote wasn't supposed to be here and has always just grinds and plays his backside off. And he's just a hard-nosed football player um, that that plays. He reminds me a bit of an old-school guy, you know, playing in this 21st century. He's a guy that um, between the tackle, running the ball, you wanted somebody like Chris Barnes on your team that's just going to smack you in the mouth. So I've always loved Chris Barnes's game. Um, so, you know, it, yes, injury riddled uh year a little bit but i i chew him hopeful i'd love to see him back along with McDuffie i have a lot of trust actually in this inside linebacker group which is incredible cuz 3 years ago we're talking inside linebacker and we're pulling our hair out now all of a sudden the packers invest in 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 a uh, first round draft pick uh they go and Devondre Campbell obviously the year prior has an incredible year and now i would argue this is one of the strengths of this defense this deep inside linebacker
1: yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh Dane, I know we've gone an hour and we were focused on- and we're just talking
0: defense legs.
1: I know. It's amazing. Well look <laughs> at us. Um, but I do want to see if we can sneak this in specialist. Um yeah. you know, starting let's talk Mason Crosby. Um I it maybe it's a little unfair to say really quickly, let's talk about Mason Crosby, but I'd be curious your thoughts. Um is Mason back next year for another season? Um, do we see if O'Donnell can handle kickoff duties? Do we have another guy there? Or do you see the Packers perhaps moving on from Mason Crosby at this point in his career?
0: Yeah, um, I have a feeling the Packers are moving on from Crosby, and that hurts to say uh, he's an all-time great Packer. Um, but it's it's really going to be a cost-cutting measure, I- if anything. Uh, it, now, if Mason wants to – take a massive discount and come into camp and maybe compete with a young kicker, <laughs> then I'm sure the Packers would welcome him back. But is that really fair at this stage in his career? I think that Mason Crosby's earned the right to, to go into camp and, you know, and, and kind of have a job somewhere. Um, And it just might not be in Green Bay at this point in his career. And And we're just seeing a diminishing uh, leg strength. Uh, the accuracy is still there. Mason Crosby had, I thought, a really nice season, but we're seeing a diminished leg strength and um, a, playing outdoors in the cold, where you need a kicker to be able to, you know, get it through from deep, um, I just, I could see the Packers moving on from him. Um, you know, are we seeing an Adam Vinatieri style and to Crosby? Cause I'm sure there's a number of teams in this league that would love to have him, especially Absolutely. if you're an indoor team. He's a hell of a kicker guys. Like I, I, I love Crosby. I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay how good Mason Crosby has been or what he's meant to this team. It's just reality is, I'm not sure if the Packers are going to have the money to invest in Mason Crosby um, this season. Now, is that a guarantee that he's not back? No, Uh, the Packers could bring him back, but I just, something's telling me that there might be some changing of the guard and one of them might be a camera.
1: Yeah. And I mean, if you look at it, how many guys have they had on the practice squad or bring in, uh, or in camp over the last couple of seasons, they've been able to evaluate a lot of kickers um, that have been signed off the street. Uh, So, you know, those have been de facto trials. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, one of those guys that wasn't there i mean i, I know it was ahmed at the end of the season yeah. but there were other guys that they had around the last couple of seasons that it wouldn't shock me uh if they go and, and invite back i don't know that any of them would be obviously handed the job but if you're looking for competition um you, you, that may make sense I, i'm a little nervous about bringing in a, a kicker through the draft um mm-hmm just, you know, there's something about kicking in Lambeau uh, when the weather turns and nobody can really do it the way that Mason could. Uh, So I get that you're kind of going to have to kind of deal with that. Uh, But it's frustrating, uh, to not have a reliable kicker. So I, 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 I agree with you. I think from a cost cutting standpoint and just from a roster construction standpoint, um, particularly given our thoughts on what they might be doing to move on on some major pieces on the offensive side of the ball. Um, mm-hmm. I think bringing back Mason Crosby probably doesn't make a ton of sense in that context either. Um, uh, that said, um, having a guy that can reliably make the kicks from 50 in is a luxury that might be taken for granted. And mm-hmm. uh, certainly Mason, I think for the most part has endeared himself to most Packer fans over the years. But um, at times I think we've taken him for granted as well. Um, and we're probably going to miss him a lot more once he's gone. So, Wags, uh, I
0: will. I I concur. Mason Crosby is like you know we're called Lombardi's legends. Dude is an ultimate legend, and I will never shed a tear if I see Mason Crosby uh, coming back to Green Bay as a Packer next season. I will be exceedingly happy. I just you know I am trying to be realistic, but my heart tells me I would love him back, but my head tells me they might be moving on.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right, Dane. Any other closing thoughts before we sign off here for this evening?
0: Um, no, I mean, I think that, um, the, the other, the other big one is, um, Kayshawn Nixon, uh, incredible year returning the ball. And, um, now it remains to be seen. Do the Packers bring him back? Are they able to bring him back? How does that look? But a huge addition as a return man. And I think specialist wise, just an improved, uh, specialist group, not a perfect specialist group this year. But I thought that, um, for the first time in a number of seasons, it wasn't, Offense, defense, and then a bunch of offense and defensive players that happened to play special teams. It felt like uh, offense, defense, and a special teams. It did feel like a teams this year. There were guys that were playing inspired football at the special teams unit. That was awesome to see. So I got to give Rich Basaccia a a lot of credit for that. Again, not a perfect unit this year, um, but a unit that was much improved. And it'd be really nice to see them continue to build on that next season.
1: Yeah, certainly. Uh, and Selfishly, uh, I'd really like to see Coach Passaccia back uh, for another year as special team coordinator and see what he can do in year two and and really get um, some additional pieces personnel wise to be locked in. So um, completely agree. Uh, And I I don't think there's any reason to overthink this, Dane. The guy showed he can do the job. um, So don't cheap out. Uh, at that position and hope that you can find someone through the draft. Um, let's just, uh, keep the keys in the, uh, car with, uh, Kayshawn Nixon. Um, and he said he's a Ferrari, so let's keep driving that Ferrari as long as we can. I love it. All right, uh, folks. Well, I think, um, uh, that should wrap it up here for us tonight.
0: Yeah. Uh, I got to go salt the driveway wags and take the trash out. (laughs) Don't you know? (laughs)
1: Thanks so much for hanging in. Uh, Appreciate all the comments. Sorry we didn't get to get to some of those uh, comments and questions um, tonight, but uh, certainly appreciate all of you that were joining us live here this evening. As always, be legendary and go go Pack Go! Every year I know we gonna go hard. We been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads, go pack, go. Ain't sure with no mercy cutting, no slack, no. I ain't the best sport and I'll either wish you good luck. Only thing I will